So we are still looking at spiritual gifts, and today we'll be looking at the gifts of evangelism, uh, pastor, and ruling. Uh, does anybody remember what we talked about last week? If you have your handout with you, you can cheat and look at it from last week. Anybody remember the two? We looked at two last week, two gifts. Uh, anybody remember which two they were? Prophecy was one, yes. And we kind of recapped the other one. We looked at it kind of the week before. Teaching, yep. Teaching was the other one in prophecy. Uh, again, teaching was kind of just a review. So we'll review the gift of prophecy this week. Uh, so if you remember from last week, we went over a few things about prophets. Uh, prophets were what? What was the first thing we covered? Prophet, prophets were anyone. Prophets were sent. Prophets were sent. That was the first uh, item we covered last week. Uh, the second was prophets had a message. Good job. I knew somebody would get at least one. We're doing good. Uh, prophets had a message, and prophets were for a specific time. Good, good. At least one person was awake last week. Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, so how do we know, we covered this last week, how do we know that prophets were for a specific time? That is because God's message is what? Complete. God's message is complete. Uh, so we know that if God's message is complete, then we can know that there will be no new revelations from God, and therefore there is no need for prophets today. Uh, we have God's completed message uh, right here. We have the whole word of God. Uh, God didn't forget to put anything in. God doesn't need to add anything later. Uh, anything God wants us to know is already written down for us in our Bible. If we want to hear from God, we need to get into his word. And that's all that we covered last week. Now let's move on to our new topics uh, this week. And we'll start with evangelism. Uh, you see there it says Ephesians. Anybody remember the chapter or verse that evangelism would appear in? Chapter 4, verse 11. And I need to turn there myself. Chapter 4, verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. So there we see the gift of prophecy, and that's in the passage where they're talking about uh, receiving gifts that, that God gave to us. So we're going to look at evangelism this morning. What is an evangelist? Uh, we will uh, look at the practical application to us in just a few minutes, and that will give us a definition of what evangelists are as well. Uh, but we can address uh, if we should be doing the work of an evangelist or not after that point. We can also look at how spiritual uh, the spiritual gift assessment, how that works for us, how that how that applies to us today. Uh, but first, I want to take a look at Bible references to evangelist. Uh, so if you look at your sheet, you'll kind of get a hint to what the answer would be. But how many people are in uh, in the Bible are called an evangelist? Anybody know how many people in the Bible that are called an evangelist? I found two. So I have two on your paper there today, um, and you'll see there that it is Philip and Timothy that are specifically called 
uh, evangelist or said to be doing the work of an evangelist. Uh, so that's who we're going to be looking at this morning. Uh, we're going to do a little mini character study of Philip and Timothy, but Philip, we're going to go over Philip first, and we're going to try to gain some information on what an evangelist is in God's Word. So where did Philip's ministry start? If you turn to Acts chapter 6, uh, we can go over that. Where did Philip's ministry start? Acts chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip. So Philip was chosen at that time uh, to serve the Lord in, in, a, in this capacity, in, in some capacity. And we'll get to this in a second. Uh, but this is where we first see Philip and, and we're first introduced to him and what he does. So we have to read this whole passage, though, to see what it is they're choosing Philip to do. Uh, so let's look at Acts chapter 6. Uh, we'll start in verse 1 this time. It says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is, it is not reason that we should leave the work of God and serve tables. Sorry, the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Porcherus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Farmenes, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. All right, so that gives us a picture of how Philip's ministry started. Uh, so what was, according to this passage here, what was... Uh, what did Philip first do for ministry work? It'll be uh, letter A under number one there for you if you're wanting to fill in the blanks. Uh, what did Philip first do for ministry work here, according to this passage? Yeah. To, to the widows. Yes, yes, he did ministry to the widows. Very good. That's correct. Uh, so what was the benefit of this ministry. This would be B on your paper there. What was the benefit of this ministry? Autumn in the back. <laughs> She's waving at me. Uh, yes, there's actually, I have actually a few things. That's, that's one of them, uh, that the uh, more preaching could be done. Uh, the disciples could uh, continue doing the work that needed to be done. And we see specifically that there was uh, more disciples added. Uh, the priests were obedient to the faith, all because the preaching could continue because someone was taking care of other things that needed to be done. 
Uh, along with that, we see that the widows were helped, and that's a good thing. Uh, that was the specific uh, need for the ministry there. Um, and, and again, that we also talked about uh, in that passage, it talks about prayer and the ministry of the Word of God was going to be able to continue to be done. Uh, this uh, is where Philip's ministry started. This is how he began to serve God, and God was able to see Philip's faithfulness and care in serving in this area. This was a start for Philip. Uh, this caused, Philip's faithfulness caused uh, his ministry to grow, and God could use him more because of his faithfulness. Now flip ahead to Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So now we see that Philip's ministry has changed a little bit here. He's, it's evolved. He's doing more than what he started out doing. Uh, so what did Philip do this would be C on your paper. What did Philip do next in his ministry? You can see it specifically in verse 5 there. What did Philip do? Yes. Yes, he preached. That, that's correct. Yes, he, uh, Philip started preaching the word of God. He started preaching. Um, Philip was uh, also given other abilities to do miracles and healing in that time, in that passage there. Uh, I'm going to look at a few other things that Philip did. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Philip continued preaching. Uh, he didn't just preach once and he was done. He continued doing the work of preaching. Uh, people were saved under his ministry. And he uh, began baptizing people. People were baptized uh, under his ministry. Look at verse 13. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wandered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So in this verse, we see that he took people under him at, uh, to disciple them. Uh, he recruited other people to serve God with him and he helped them with that, he helped them serve God as well. Now look at verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Uh, skip down to verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. We see here that uh, Philip taught the scriptures. Uh, he explained the meaning of the scriptures. He taught the scriptures. Uh, now look at verse 40. But Philip was found at Astus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Uh, we see that he now is traveling around. He's a traveling preacher. 
Uh, he travels around and he continued preaching. Again, he didn't stop preaching. Uh, now go ahead to Acts chapter 21. And these are not on your outline as a blank, but feel free to write them down there for you. Uh, Acts chapter 21, verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist. There it is where he is called an evangelist, uh, which was one of the seven and abode with them. So that he was one of the seven they picked in the beginning. Uh, he's doing the work of an evangelist here. Uh, but we see that he also uh, received people into his home. He helped uh, fellow servants of God. Uh, and, and helped them, receive them in. He gave aid to them. So he helped others as they were serving God as well. These are all the things that Philip did as an evangelist. Uh, now let's look at the second person that is called an evangelist in God's word, and that is Timothy. Uh, we'll do a little mini character study on Timothy now. Uh, Timothy was discipled by Paul. Timothy was younger than Paul, both physically and spiritually. Uh, Timothy started his ministry in Acts chapter 16. So let's look at that. Acts chapter 16, and we'll start in verse 1. Then came he to Deborah and Lystra, and beholding a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took, and took circumcised him because of the Jews that were in those quarters, for they all knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. All right, so notice that Timothy was already a disciple at that time. It says that he was a disciple. It says that he had a, uh, a you know, they knew of him already at this point. Uh, so we don't see where uh, the beginning of his uh, Christian life started, but we see where he is already a disciple at this point. Uh, what were the ways that Timothy served God? And you'll see on letter A under number two there, I have it filled in for you, uh, just so that we didn't have to read the whole chapter of uh, 16 of Acts there. Uh, but you'll see in this passage that uh, he was a helper to Paul on missionary trips. Uh, Timothy went with Paul and helped them on these mission, missionary trips. And this is the beginning of the recorded ministry of Timothy. Now look at Acts chapter 16, verse 10. We'll see what we can learn about the work that Timothy did in this verse. Verse 10. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Uh, so what do we learn that Timothy does in this verse? Preach. Yep, preaches the gospel. Yep, he preached along with Paul. Uh, I believe they both were preaching uh, according to this verse. 
Uh, now look at 1 Corinthians 4.17. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 17, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Uh, what do we learn about the work that Timothy does in this verse? Yeah, he's a part of that. He, uh, the way I wrote it is he assists believers in uh, following Bible teachings. Um, but yeah, that's it, he's he's helping with uh, believers that are trying to follow the Word of God and, and the teaching of that. All right, now let's look at Second Corinthians chapter one, verse nineteen. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Uh, so what do we see that Timothy is a part of doing in this verse? This would be letter D if you're filling it in there. Uh, Autumn in the back. Yes, he's being obedient to God, that's for sure. Uh, specifically, what I see that he's doing here is spreading the gospel. He's spreading the gospel. And, and we kind of see a little bit of that in every reference to him, which is a good thing. We should be spreading the gospel in everything we do. Uh, but specifically here, we see him spreading the gospel. Now, let's look at Philippians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 19. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, starting in verse 19, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the father, he hath served me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. So what is uh, Paul wanting to have Timothy go do in this verse, in these verses? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wrote it as helping or aiding churches, but yeah, caring for uh, the, the brothers and sisters in Christ there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe Timothy um, was close to Paul uh, and was a help to Paul uh, very much along Paul's ministry. All right, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, 2. This would be letter F on your paper, 1 
Thessalonians 3.2. It says, And sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. What do we see here uh, that Timothy is going to do? Actually, he was already sent to do. Yes, uh, comfort, encourage Christians. Uh, I also see that he's there to strengthen them, help them become stronger in their faith and in the word of God, uh, and basically just do ministry work, uh, help them out and do ministry work with them. All right, uh, G on your paper, 1 Timothy 2, 1. 1 Timothy 2, 1. Now, in uh, the books of Timothy, this is Paul writing to Timothy to give him direction and advice. Uh, so keep that in mind as we read this. First uh, Timothy 2, 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Uh, what is Timothy told to do in this verse? Yeah, I wrote it down as prayer warrior, basically. Yeah, he's supposed to keep praying, keep, keep praying. Pray for everybody and everything. First Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the word, words of faith and of good doctrine, Whereunto thou hast attained. Uh, what is uh, the, the meaning of this verse for Timothy to be doing? Yeah, yeah, I see that it's, go, it's pushing towards uh, the word of God uh, to keep the word of God. So he needs to know the word of God and keep it himself but also teach the word of God, uh, which is what doctrine is. And it says that he has attained to it. Uh, you know, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved. What are you studying? The word of God. Uh, and I see that's what he is uh, told to do in this verse. Uh, move down to verse uh, 13 and 14. So 1 Timothy 4.13 and 14. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery uh, what do we see in this verse yes uh, he is told to ne not neglect his gift uh, what is uh, so in verse 13 what is specifically is mentioned as his gift Yeah, it comes back to the word of God again, uh, to reading, uh, to uh, exhort the brothers and to uh, give time to doctrine, to teaching doctrine, to knowing the doctrine. Uh, so, again, it comes back to the word of God. Now, look at Second Timothy, chapter four, verse two. Second Timothy four, two, it says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What do we see in this verse? 
Aha. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if we do that, we will accomplish uh, staying right with God a whole lot easier. We see again in this verse that it revolves around the word of God again. Preach the word, it says. Uh, this is what Timothy's supposed to be doing. Preach the word. He's supposed to reprove, and you do that through the word of God. Rebuke, again, with the word of God, and exhort, again, with the word of God. It all revolves around the word of God. Uh, we see much of what Timothy was to be doing was preaching and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And along with that, we see the word of God was mentioned a whole lot throughout this in, in what Timothy was told to be doing as he was considered an evangelist. So it should revolve around the word of God. It was important for Timothy to be in the word of God uh, often and to keep the teaching and preachings of the word of God. Uh, this is the work that he was called to do. So this brings us back to how we started. What is an evangelist and how does this gift apply to us today? Uh, so what is an evangelist? According to the Bible, it is someone who preaches and teaches the word of God, preaches and teaches about salvation. Uh, it's also someone who could be helping Christians by exhorting them, encouraging them, aiding them or helping them, also reproving, rebuking them. All of this is going to help other brothers and sisters grow. Uh, also, uh, so they, this will allow them to be closer to God, and they can also then serve God as well. Uh, this is what we see in God's word for what an evangelist does. Now, how does that apply to us today? Uh, if we are blessed with the gift of evangelism, then we need to be willing and ready to serve God in these areas especially in telling others about salvation, which we are all called to do anyways. Uh, being ready in these areas means that we are studied up on these things. Uh, we've put time into learning uh, doctrine and the word of God. And, and, and so if the time came, we already studied it. We already knew it. We are also practiced up on these things. Uh, we take the time to prepare uh, teaching and preaching the word of God and telling others the word of God, even if you're not a teacher uh, like a Sunday school teacher or or doing discipleship where you're discipling someone, you can still read a verse on your own, learn about that verse or that passage and go tell somebody that you meet, uh, whether at work or a family member or somebody. There's always somebody you could teach the word of God to. We need to spend time in all of these areas so that we can be ready to serve God in these areas. Now we're going to move on to the gift of pastor, the gift of pastors. Again, this is found in Ephesians. Uh, anybody remember the chapter and verse? 4.11, Ephesians 4.11. After I get there, we'll read that. Starting in verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, 
may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We'll stop there. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 15 there. Um, we're looking at the gift of pastors and uh, what is the work of a pastor? Uh, we read that uh, in this passage. What were some of the things you picked out in this passage that is the work of a pastor? Yes. 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 Yep, that is correct. And this does apply to other gifts, as you see in verse 11. There are other gifts um, mentioned in verse 11, but this also applies to the work of a pastor. The pastor's work will cause uh, the believers, uh, all of these things we mentioned in, in this passage, this work will cause believers to be grounded in doctrine. Uh, you can see that in verse 14 there. Now, take a look at Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15. I'll get you a second to get there as you're probably trying to finish writing as well. All right, it says Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. What do we see in this passage that a pastor should do? Yes, uh, feed knowledge and understanding, which would revolve around the word of God. All right, skip ahead to Jeremiah ten twenty one, chapter 10, verse 21. It says, for the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and their flocks shall be scattered. Uh, this is a little bit of uh, reverse thinking here. Uh, but if you look in this verse, you can kind of see something that pastors uh, should do that would not cause their work to not prosper and the flock to be scattered. So what should the pastor do? Seek the Lord, exactly. Yep. I was wondering if I explained that clearly. <laughs> so seek the Lord. Pastors should seek the Lord. And then look at chapter 23, verse 1. says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Uh, so this would be work that a pastor needs to be careful to not do. What should a pastor not do? Yep, that is correct. Pastor should not uh, scatter or destroy God's flock. You'll be very careful of that. It should be aware of that and be mindful of not doing that. Every, anything you do, uh, should you should try not to do that. <clears throat> now let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse 28. 
It says in Acts 20, 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Uh, so what do we see that pastors should do here? Feed the church. Uh, it, it specifically talks about pastors being a shepherd here. Uh, they're uh, overseeing the church, and, and one of their jobs there is to feed the church. As a shepherd, a pastor is responsible for the flock, uh, and that is God's children that God places in the pastor's church. A pastor must be consistently with the flock to protect them. If the pastor is never around, that's not a good thing. Uh, and, and most importantly, a pastor needs to be there to guide them and feed them with the word of God. A pastor as a shepherd is entrusted by God to be a guide to the believers, uh, teaching them the word of God and how to live a good and right, right life with God uh, through the word. Uh, a pastor is also to be an example to the believers. Uh, so those are the things that a pastor does and is responsible for. And we're going to quickly go through the next one, the gift of ruling. Uh, Romans, anybody remember the chapter? Romans what? 12. Romans chapter 12, and we'll look at verse 8. It says in Romans 12, 8, Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. So the gift of ruling. Now what is the gift of ruling? Ruleth here means to stand before, to maintain, and be over. It is basically a position. Uh, ruleth means to be trusted with the care of a group of people. Uh, this is a responsibility. It should be taken seriously. We can't be casual about our responsibility over other people. A person in this position needs to realize the seriousness of the position and the personal responsibility they have to everyone that they are over. So what type of positions uh, could someone have that would be considered a ruler? So I have on their uh, positions in the world. Uh, we'll do that first. So what would a ruler be considered in, in the world? Someone that's responsible for other people. Yes. Yep, supervisor, I had that written down. Yep. Yep, I have all of those. Manager, I wrote mayor, governor, uh, supervisor, any of these people that have some type of uh, control over a group of people. That's, that's what it would be in the world. How about in the church? Who would people in the church be uh, that would be considered a ruler? Pastor would be, certainly, yes. Teachers, yep, any teachers of, of, of any group of people, whether it's kids or adults or, or whatever, yep, teachers. Anybody think of any others? Yeah, but sort of. <laughs> I don't know, don't know how much control they actually have over the money, but... <laughs> ministry leaders, yep, different types of ministry. We have, uh, you know, helps ministries. Uh, food uh, ministries, if someone's sick or hurt or has surgery, we have people that are in charge or a person in charge of that ministry. They're ruling over 
uh, a group of people that help them because they certainly can't cook all week for other people themselves. Um, I also wrote down the song leader. Uh, anybody who uh, is leading any type of ministry in the church could be considered someone that is ruling. So uh, these are the type of positions you would find yourself in if you're given the gift of ruling. Now let's look at how we are to rule. Uh, according to Romans chapter 12, 8, it says rule with diligence, rule with diligence. Now, diligence here you see on your the last thing on your outline there is a uh, definition for diligence. It means uh, eagerness, uh, earnestness, care and haste. A person in the position of ruling needs to be a person filled with eagerness, uh, someone who's enthusiastic. And I, I try. I, I do my best there. Uh, someone who's excited about what they're doing, uh, ready for what they are doing. They're prepared for it and they're willing to do it. Uh, imagine if uh, you came in and there was a teacher looking sad and bored, uh, unprepared, tired, probably beat down or, or whatever. And it just looks like he has to be there. Uh, and not that he wants to be there. He has to be there. I, I've had a teacher like that in my life. Uh, when I was 18, I decided I got this great idea. I'd be rich in real estate. So I'd go to real estate school and get a, get my real estate license. Uh, so you have um, many classes you have to take, a few classes you have to take to get a real estate license. And one of them is real estate law. And if you are thinking that sounds boring, it certainly was. I don't think it matters who you get as a teacher. It's not going to be all that exciting because law is just not that exciting. Uh, but the guy that taught our class, I mean, he, he I don't think he smiled one time. In, in this class, uh, the, the school I went to and the way they did it, it was a 10-hour day of school. We sat there for 10 hours with this guy lecturing us. It wasn't interactive at all. He just talked, and we just sat there trying not to fall asleep. And this guy didn't smile. He didn't make a joke. He didn't laugh. Uh, he wasn't even all that excited about what he was saying. He was just reading a thing that was written up for him to read. And then he left at the end of the day, and that was it. So at the end of that class, uh, I, don't, I didn't really ask anyone else, but I felt like I didn't learn much from that guy. I felt, I felt like I didn't connect to anything that was taught. Uh, I think the ones under someone like that will not learn what they need to learn. Uh, even ones that truly desire to learn are going to have a hard time getting anything uh, uh, helpful from that type of teaching. Uh, most people will probably just clock out and not learn at all. Um, if God trusts us to be in a position of ruling, then we need to rule with diligence. Uh, we need to be eager to rule. Uh, we need to have a feeling of eagerness. We need to be excited. We need to be enthusiastic about what God has trusted us with. So today we covered three topics, uh, and they all have something in common. If God chooses to bless us with either of these three gifts, God has also chosen to trust us with the growth and the care of other believers. Uh, you will notice that as we go through the spiritual gifts, they either directly or indirectly put us in a position of helping other believers grow spiritually. Now, we have some level of responsibility to our brothers and sisters uh, to help them grow. We can do this in many ways. We talk about it all the time. You can do simple things like just sharing a blessing. You guys, sharing blessings on Thursday night is encouraging to everyone to hear these things. It's encouraging to see how God works in people's lives and takes care of them. Even simple things like that helps us grow spiritually. 
Uh, we can always take someone aside and pray with them. We can share Bible verses with people. All these ways can help us grow spiritually. We will also be able to do this by using the gifts that God has chosen to give us. Uh, we need to be good stewards of all that God gives us, and this includes our spiritual gifts. So let's be good stewards of the spiritual gifts that God has blessed us with. Uh, let's close in prayer.